I'm Amy Winslow. This is the Product Business Show, and welcome, welcome. If you have not joined us on this live call-in Q&A before, I'm so glad you could you could join us. I know we have a bunch of new people that are connecting to us after last week's hardware show, so um, I'm so honored that you are choosing to spend part of your morning with us. If you are ever looking for past episodes or um, additional content, we do post things over in the Product Business Show podcast, which is available on iTunes and uh, Android platform as well, so you can catch that on Google Play too. And with that, let's just dive right in. A little context about the show. We've been doing this for, I think it's eight years now, and it's an opportunity for you to ask the burning questions for your product, for your project, and to get some expert inner input. Um, and just so you know, I'm not a, an attorney. I am a product developer and involved in sales and marketing of consumer products for well over 22 years now. So with that, let's talk today about what I've learned from judging pitches and products. There are contests everywhere, right? Last week at the hardware show, I had a really fast-paced show. Normally, I'm judging the entire invention area, which has about 110 booths in it. This year, um, due to client demands, we weren't able to do that. Um, we had 11 clients with projects at that show. When you are going through a pitch panel, like our clients that just went through the Shark Tank um, live interview over the phone, you know, they made it through the next round, and we're part of how they got prepared for that, right? So there is a lot of things that are not immediately obvious about pitching and about having your product judged. So let's dive in. The first thing to keep in mind when you are applying for anything, whether it's Shark Tank or the new product expo area um, for any trade show, they have criteria. And those criteria are different based on the objectives of whatever the contest is, right? So the hardware show, for example, judges on several different categories, and the criteria are uh, innovation, you know, is it an innovative product, um, is it market appropriate, is it, you know, do they think it's saleable, and best marketing um, comes into play too. So there's three different awards that are given out, but the criteria that is being used is literally a form and we're asked to judge each booth based on these certain set of criteria and it's a, a zero to um, five scale usually or a zero to ten and you rank each of the criteria, okay? So things like your energy in the booth matter, okay? Because that's part of the marketing of the product. Your graphics in the booth matters. Your sales brochures those matter. Those are part of getting a high score in the marketing criteria of that particular show. If you have a really innovative product, that helps you too. But 
it is possible for you to have a really innovative product, have crappy marketing, and so you don't win, right? So it's you have to do well in the categories that matter for your product, right? And because of the way the math of that particular judging set works, you have to do baseline good in every criteria. Or if you have a really low one, you have to do outstanding in something else because it has to average to a winning score. In, some, in that case, it's very much like the Olympics, right? You know, when you watch the judging of, say, Olympic high diving or ice skating for the Winter Olympics, it's the average of the scores. It's the same here. Now, if you are being judged on things like um, whether you're going to be good TV, right? Shark Tank, it's not just about your product. It's not just about the business. It's also are you going to have the energy to make the show good entertainment? You have to keep that in mind every time you are in front of the producers leading up to you being on the show. It's always part of your project being sorted into a, yes, we want to proceed with this. No, we don't want to proceed with it. Right? So they might not be scoring it quite the same way, but the pitch is definitely being evaluated on a set of criteria. So when you're going into any sort of contest or judging situation, you want to understand the criteria that is being used, right? And you can tell usually based on the type of awards that are being given, right? If you look at the list of awards and they've got one for most saleable, right? You know that it's being judged on commercial viability. If you have a criteria that says most fundable, right? Then that is, fundable means um, is it able to be funded by investors? In other words, can investors see a way that this product is going to be such a home run that they will make back their investment? That's what it means by fundable. Part of being fundable goes to things like your corporate structure. Um, do you have any due diligence documents? Do you have outstanding you know, leans against the business that you haven't taken care of, as well as the product, the business team, the the market niche that you're approaching. Those are all related to your company being fundable, right? You want to keep in mind the criteria is the most important thing. Okay, the criteria that you are being evaluated and judged on is very important. So when you are looking at, as a judge, you know, when I'm going through and I'm looking at 110 booths and I have two hours to do it, right? That is a lot for me to absorb. So I'm immediately doing a relatively fast sort based on the criteria of where I think that booth fits. Now, in most cases, if a contest is well set up, you will be evaluated against other projects that are in similar stage to you, okay? So you're not going to be ranked against somebody that, for example, 
Okay. If you're at a show and they give awards based on these different criteria and they have people that are brand new startup, you know, small businesses that might have just prototypes there, and there's also established companies that have a new product line that they're launching, so they are eligible under a new product category, it would be unfair to have those two projects evaluated in the same category, right? Like you would separate them into classes, basically. And then everything that's in the early stage would be evaluated um, relative to each other, and then everything in the later stage would be evaluated relative to each other, so that it evens the playing field for an award to be granted. And that's very, very common. Some shows give out more awards than others. One year at the hardware show, there were 35 or 36 retailers' choice awards, and our clients, we had five clients at the show. Our clients took four of the retailers' choice awards. And those 35 or 36 awards were being given to 3,000 exhibitors. So our five clients did amazingly well. It's because of the criteria, the energy, etc. Okay, so you want to keep your energy in mind. It is absolutely part of your marketing. And the other thing to keep in mind if you are being judged at a show is you don't always know who the judge is, right? They don't always identify themselves. And actually, many times we're instructed to not identify ourselves, right? Because they want to see what's actually going on. You have to be prepared. If you know that the judging is going on on Tuesday, right? Everybody who walks in your booth gets the best version of you, right? Because they may be the judge. And also judging panels walk aisles, right? Like sometimes there's three or four judges together and we're walking together and we're going through the booths systematically. You can see that coming, right? And we're also able to see what's going on coming up, right? Like one or two booths down. So it's not that we're judging at that moment, but we are noticing if you're, you know, alert, is your booth well organized? Do you have a way that you're demoing the product? That makes a difference. And how is your demo being communicated? Those are some of the things that will affect it. And what I've learned the most from evaluating so many pitches and products is that you're going to make some mistakes. It's being prepared will make a massive difference, right? So there are a lot of different ways to prepare, and you want to do the things that are going to drain any negative emotion out of questions. You want to actually do that kind of preparation as well as physically preparing. So if you are expecting that you're going to be asked a tough question, have someone ask you the tough question and prepare an answer that is forward-looking, okay, that is true, that is honest, but that also presents the product and your business in the best possible light given the situation, right? So we can talk a little bit more about that. I want to open up the phone lines so that I, I answer everybody's questions 
the the biggest thing is pay attention to your criteria, right? What are you being judged on? This also applies to things like the Chase uh, Main Street, or is it Chase that does the Main Street grants um, that grant like $25,000, $50,000, as well as things in the Y Combinator business accelerator space. So Y Combinator, the WeWork Creator Awards, um, the Kaufman Awards, all of those grant programs, there is clear criteria that must be met for you to advance through different rounds. Okay, I know we have one of our clients right now who's advanced in the Pepperdine um, University contest. And so always pay attention to the criteria and keep that in mind when you're answering things. Some criteria will weigh heavier than others. Right, And it's not always, like I said at the beginning, it's not always about the best product. It's about what is the project that meets the criteria of the judging the best. It's, it can be very, very big for you. We have a client of ours who just won an innovative product award from the National Barbecue Association. And because of that, we were able to get them connected to the State Cookout Association, and they're going to get promoted out to a massive, massive list of barbecue enthusiasts that they wouldn't have reached for before. Winning the award kind of set the stage, and the product is really cool. All of those items are stacking on each other to give them more momentum. Okay, so with that, I'm going to open up the phone lines. If you're on the phone and you have a question, I want you to press star 2 to raise your hand, and that will get us kicked off over there. If you're on the webcast and you want to ask a question, just type it in the box, and we'll um, take those as well. So I'm going to start this morning over on the webcast questions. So let's see. Okay, I was entered into a contest and I didn't hear back. It's been, how long, wait. Oh, it's been a month. What should I do? Okay, if you are in a contest, it depends on the type of contest. Usually there's very clear deadlines, right? If you entered a contest a month ago and you entered early in the submission cycle and you haven't heard anything yet, it could be that they just haven't hit the deadline. Right, So they won't really start judging um, until they hit the deadline because it's not fair to everybody else. Now, when I was with um, the Manufacturing Jewelers and Suppliers of America, I was judging some of the, the contests for the jewelry submissions, and we had different categories that you could submit in. And believe it or not, we had some categories that would get like one submission, and that was it because most people assumed they wouldn't win. So if you know of a contest and you're interested in it, I really would urge you to submit. Wait till the deadline before you start getting nervous about, oh, I haven't heard anything. Usually at this point, you'll hear something back from them. We got your submission. We'll be evaluating everything on such and such date. So there could be some process kind of emails. So check spam filters. And then if you are before the submission deadline and you just want to make sure that they got it and you haven't seen an email, it's totally appropriate to call them or email them or uh, write to them through their website going, saying something like, I just want to make sure you received my submission. When will they start being evaluated? 
right? You can ask a question. That's totally fine. So if the submission deadline has already passed and you know the process that they're going to be using, you know, they said that they were going to evaluate everything on, you know, May 10th and you haven't heard anything yet, that doesn't mean any necessarily that you're out of the running. They could be doing two rounds of judging, right? Like they're going to go through, they're going to weed out everything that is a no, it didn't fit, and get it down to kind of the core group that they really feel are outstanding, and then judge those again. Um, sometimes that'll be the process. It can take a few days, a week. It doesn't usually take more than two weeks. And frequently, the deadline or the, the day that they're doing the judging it gets moved a teeny bit just because of business demands. You may see that happen as well, okay? Um, so let me go back over to our phone line really quickly. Awesome. You can press star 2. That will raise your hand to ask a question. And if you want to know even what type of contest should, your pro should you be looking for for your product or your business because a pitch for investment money is as much a pitch about your business as it is about your product. Hear that again. A contest that is a pitch for investment is as much about an investment in your business as it is about investing in your product. Okay? It's a very, very important distinction. Most people that go out for pitches do not understand that. The first round they're out, they usually are all about the product, the product, the product, the product, the product. You must, must, must paint the landscape for the context of the business. I could talk more about that if anybody would like. But when you are pitching for investment dollars, it is as much about the business as it is about the product. And in addition to that, it is about your business team. Okay? So what I mean by that is <laughs> I was on this panel in Philadelphia, and we were asked this question from the audience um, about – it was a, a – panel that was all about funding and we were talking about different types of projects and from the audience comes this question and it is this if you had a choice between a great product with one person on the team or a good product with a really good team which would you pick and without hesitation almost before the question was out of the guy's mouth all of us, all five panelists in all different stages of investment, we all said we'd take the good product with a good team or a great team over a great product with no team. Okay? So your team is really, really important when you're being evaluated in a pitch conversation for investment dollars. So you want to um, keep that in mind. And if you don't have a team when you are pitching like that, it's very easy for you to say, I know that um, as the investment money comes in, let me start that. You know, part of our use of funds is to bring on the team members that have the expertise in this area, this area, and this area, because we recognize that we have gaps in that. Right? That's different than you just not even mentioning that you're aware you have a gap, OK? 
okay? So it's completely appropriate to say, you know, we've identified the team members that we want to work with, and part of the use of funds of our investment money is to bring those team members on in this context and doing these things, right? Whatever's appropriate for you. So thrilled that um, we've had the experience of judging so many different products. Okay, so let me go over to the webcast. Phone lines, press star 2 to raise your hand. And your questions actually don't have to be about this. They can be about anything. Ah, so someone's asking, so investment dollars are about the business and awards and the like are typically about the product. That's a really good way to put it, yes. Um, when you're looking at investment dollars, the awards that you win ha help, right? So your product being judged as, you know, a top 10 finalist for XYZ award makes a difference when you're talking to investors, right? Because they want to see that you have something that's a standout product, right? Not just a me too product, but they're also going to look at the business part of it. Um, the more advanced the investor is or the bigger dollars you're asking for, the more likely they are to do what's called due diligence after even a pitch contest, right? And even when you are pitching to an investor group and you're not in a contest, but you're just at one of their standard roundtable deal review meetings, you're still being evaluated on certain criteria. And each investment group has the type of deal that they like to do. Like Tech Coast Angels here in Los Angeles does mostly technology platform kind of investments. If you are a consumer product, you need to have something technical about your product, like uh, IoT or some AR, VR kind of augmented reality or virtual reality play to it, or it's got to have good database build behind it or something like that, um, because that's what Tech Host Angels criteria involves. And it's the same when you're looking at venture capital funds or investor groups or um, you know, even consultants to work with. For example, you know, you wouldn't, no one should be working with us unless they have a product, right? Or they have a product idea. If it was a service-based business that just needs some help, it doesn't fit our criteria for taking projects on, right? Where we shine is in the product space. And that's where we're known and can cause the biggest lift for our clients. Um, I'm really excited. Last week we got news that uh, one of our clients uh, has a potential buyout offer. And it's really, really exciting, right? So um, that comes from the product itself and from the whole orchestration of, the, of everything around it. Um, so, yes, when it's investment dollars are about the business as well as the product, and awards are about the product itself. But the awards that the product win helps with the investors. Okay? So let me just refresh. Have I seen investors willing to invest in products or companies that are looking to be a licensing company? I'm not sure what you mean by a licensing company. There's two sides to being a licensing company. There is the if you're going to be the business that has the product ideas and you're licensing them out to manufacturers to make things, right? That's you 
licensing out, right? If you are meaning a licensing company where you are going to go out to different uh, inventor groups or places and you're going to find in ideas and inventions that you like and you're going to license them from somebody and then you are going to produce them and launch them, those are two very different opportunities for the investor. So I'm not sure which one you mean. Um, typically, it, you'll see some investors willing to invest in products that are going to be licensed out, right? Um, and you you see a little bit of company money of investor money coming into businesses that are going to be. Uh, licensing products in to produce them, but it's really more because that company is a manufacturing company. So the investor is, is investing into a manufacturing company. Um, it's highly speculative if you're not a manufacturing company, and so that tends to um, need some more form to it before investors will come in. So I hope that answered that. Um, so let's see. Let me refresh that. Okay, so there was a follow-up question for clarification or follow-up statement that um, this, that they own the products and the patents and they want to license to others, but they're looking for investors into what they own so that they can get the licensing done. Um, some investors will do that, right? Some Some will do it. It, usually if you need that, it's because you want money to finish patents or for some market research or some marketing. And it's going to be small kind of investor money. It's not really normally very large. So you might see like a $25,000 investment. And it depends on how technical the product is and how much development it needs um, and how far you're going to take it down the road of you know, sales and, and building the product before you're going to license it. Typically, if you take it um, to the point where you have sales on the product and then you're licensing it, um, and the licensing is kind of the end game play or the sell the business is the end game play, then you do need more investment into the project, right? But you will get higher royalties. I know of a couple scenarios where some people have had investors um, to help do the patents. Um, sometimes the investor is the patent attorney um, that is doing the project and they're putting in their fees and things as capital. Um, so you could look for things like that. But I don't know of any investment groups that specifically target companies that are just going to be licensing out IP. Usually that's more of a bootstrap kind of situation. So I hope that that helps you. So let me go back over to the phone lines. Great. We've got a, a question from Dale. Hey there, Dale. What's your question today? Hi, Amy. Um, question Hi. I have is, is what are the um, criteria uh, promulgated? I mean, are they in the you know applications for whatever you're applying for? And second of all, uh, can you figure out or where would you find or do they have any additional like hidden criteria, things that they – don't tell you they're looking for, but things that you should be aware of. Absolutely. Um, Shark Tank, for example, never tells you in their um, 
their blatant criteria. They never say, hey, we're looking for you to be good TV, <laughs> right? They, they just don't say that. But it's kind of common sense that if you're going to be on TV yeah. and they're selling, they're selling TV time to advertisers that you should be good TV, right? Meaning that you should be upbeat, energetic, you know, don't try and be drama. But so the criteria for any contest is usually if it's if it's a written contest and you're doing an application, frequently it'll be in the application itself. It'll say, you know, our judging criteria or it'll say judging standards is another word you can sometimes see. And it's usually towards the end of the submission. Or it'll show up in like rules of the contest. Like the Chase Main Street grant program. It's very, very clear how what percentage will be the business evaluation and what percentage is the voting that you can generate in social media. So they're very clear about it in their sign-up process. Okay. So if you're not seeing judging criteria, sometimes you can ask and say, you know, what um, what are all the submissions being judged on? so that I can make sure that we're a good fit. That's one way to ask it. And you'll also see if it's on a trade show floor, the organization that is running whatever contest there is or whatever awards there are will tell you if you ask, if they haven't already told you. And read all the documentation really thoroughly because it's usually in there. If you don't see blatant criteria, you can sometimes judge from the name. Like the Pepperdine University contest is, the name of the contest is the most fundable company. So they're looking for companies that are fundable, that have good due diligence criteria, or that have good market opportunities, right? So it's not just about the product. Does that make sense? Yeah, certainly does. Yeah, but definitely check the submission packet. That's usually where it's mentioned or in the rules of the contest. Ah, okay. Already. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, and for everybody who's in the mastermind group, including Dale, um, we will be posting the schedule of the upcoming group calls within the next couple of days, and they'll start next week, okay? All right. Good, thanks. You're welcome. I'm going to mute your line for your privacy. And we have one more question over on our webcast. Got it. So that, so it's related to the first question. Let me see if I'm understanding this. The question is around, well, what should I say when I – what should I say when – because I'd like to contact the people that I submitted to. Okay. So the first question that was about – how long do you wait if you've submitted and you haven't heard anything? Usually there's a notification date. They'll say that um, all uh, people advancing to the next round will be notified by such and such date. That's assuming it's a digital kind of online piece. Um, so the what you should say if you haven't heard is you just want to be curious, be upbeat. Um, if if it's something where your product has a sense of humor, you can use some humor and say something like, you know, just need to know if I need to book some airline tickets. So if, you know, 
be professional. Do not badger. If you're asking them every day for three days, you are officially badgering them. Do not do that. It gets very annoying very fast. If you asked once this week and then once in a week or two, great. The way to avoid being anxious to hear is to have enough happening with your project and your product that this is just one iron in the fire, right? So have more things going and more momentum going than just this one thing that you've entered to. And that will help ease your nerves, okay? So when when it comes to what to say, be professional, be authentic. Um, you can even say, you know, I'm really excited to hear from you. I haven't heard back yet. Have you notified people, right? Something like that. So keep it kind of light, okay? And with that, everybody, that's the um, show for today. We'll be back in two weeks. So feel free to go over to the podcast and check that out. And if you're interested in the product mastermind, I'd love to have a conversation with you. We have some people that have some really spectacular things happening there and our other clients um, through our service offerings as well as the product success program. I do need to let everybody know that at this point we have a wait list going for just doing consulting time with us and, and getting me to look into your product and work with you that way. So our entry-level consulting agreements are, are wait list only right now. The longest the wait list has ever been has been 12 weeks and the product mastermind is phenomenal and we do have space in there. So. Um, if you're interested, I would suggest that you contact us about that. You can reach Jeff at 626-709-3850. Again, 626-709-3850. And he can answer your questions and, and we can get connected. So with that, everyone, have a wonderful rest of your day. And we will talk to you in two weeks. Bye for now.